They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash I mean these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past You said we never ever make it, and I'm saying you lied Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe Your invoice has been processed, bring me my money, don't hide Don't play with me, I'm kingdom and I'm What's up, beautiful people? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We don't know if you're sitting in traffic looking at the back of another car. We don't know if you just started your morning off and you are heading to work or heading to the grind. We don't know if you are somewhere making some lasagna in your kitchen and you are starting your day in the middle of the day. We don't know what kind of vibe you're on, but we know what kind of vibe you're going to leave off on. Right now, you should be having that hustle blends concentrate in your refrigerator because guess what? You can create more multiple cups of coffee out of this one bottle it is concentrated it is made from our world famous blend shot collar and guess what it's what the people need more for less so if you're interested in that go ahead to www.hustleblends.com let's start the show all right y'all Howdy, 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 hey. All right, I am one half of your host, but one whole lot of woman, and that would be Master P herself, all right? I'm your favorite rich mother. Some people on this planet call me Patty, and I have no idea why, but you can definitely call me Patrice. I am Mrs. Anguini. I am the mother of of, of baby, baby Anguini, and, um, you know, I'm the boss lady up in here. You know, I call the shots. I'm just kidding. Um, and I make sure that everything has salted butter in it. Over here to my left. And I definitely am a stickler for punctuation because guess what? We should all care. All right. And over here to my left is this bad mama jamma himself. All right. All right. Let me tell y'all about Slim Thick Trick Daddy over here. Let me tell y'all about... Oh, wow. Waka Flocka, who's gone vegan over here. Let me tell y'all how somebody is aging forward and backwards seemingly at the very same time. None other than Pusha T. You order Diet Coke. That's a joke, right? T with day. We in the house. We in the house. We in the house. I like that. That's a great intro. I appreciate that. You know, my new thing is I'm Colossal T. I'm Colossal. I'm Colossal. 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 <laughs> it's terrific tea in the house. Um, but we in the building, tremendous tea. It's uh Rick Rose, you know, protege tea, uh Mr. Red Velvet, Mr. Ra- heavy on the ragu. <laughs> but we in the house. It's gonna be a really fun episode. If you're tuning in wherever you are, go ahead and just follow us right now on our business page at Hustleblins. Um, on our personal pages at slept on tweet because there's a lot of people sleeping on some great gems that i'd be dropping <laughs> and you can please follow the faith boss because she out here doing some you know she got her mink on she dragging it to the floor and everything she in the building you know we gotta get you a pink mink coat and do a little photo shoot or something i like that anyway y'all let's go ahead and pay some bills real quick y'all if we haven't said it enough all right we are currently in route to building our very first flagship store we need your support we need your visibility right we we need you to pull all the way up so if you or somebody you know drinks coffee all right and we have more than coffee we have cold pressed juices we have other things that are going to be exclusive to the physical location all right right now what we want you to do is send them a text message right now we're going to give you some wait time too. tweety is going to sing for 60 seconds okay i want you to text them and say hey bro mom uh uncle auntie you know cousin lucy uh jj that just got out like who whoever you need to talk to and say y'all need to follow hustle blends on instagram on facebook and definitely go to the website and subscribe to our mailing list to be the first to find out about certain things so tweety is going to sing to y'all i don't think y'all could take 60 seconds of him singing because y'all will definitely turn off this podcast but go ahead and give him 10 seconds to do it tweety 
And I know y'all getting crunk, chilling with you. No, you miss my thugging, my thugging, thug loving. I know y'all getting crunk, chilling with him. I know you miss my thugging, my thugging, thug loving. If y'all didn't know who that is, that's the voice of the legendary Mr. Bobby Brown. Thank you for that, sweetie. Anyway, y'all, so if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, we talk about faith, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about marriage, money, and all of those great millennial thoughts around it. And so we're going to go ahead and start off our podcast with Lisham, Sham, 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 Sham. And this is going to be, y'all are about to get a masterful speech from T. Witty, Pusha T, because he has been, I mean, okay, so my husband just came up on this wonderful show all right this show is probably at least 15 years old it's called the pjs if you are not familiar with it it is a claymation but it is extremely culturally relevant okay and so he has some he's been like going through some psychological like he's been in there uh what's the word called for people who are theologians and they break down like every line of the bible and they do hermeneutics and like he's been like <laughs> y'all don't know this man has been in the lab ever since he's seen this show and so i can't even describe it the way it, it doesn't mean the same thing to me that it means to him i guess because part of it is my life but um i want him to for a little shum 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 i want you to give them a synopsis on the things you came up on <laughs> while watching this show so go ahead one i want you to stop everything you're doing and head over to the good old hulu but you're not gonna sing for them though, right? i'm not gonna sing for them for them um but go to hulu and type in the pjs when i tell you this show this show has truly changed my life it's changed how i see things and people because it's so real um the show is based off of a a a family uh, a husband and wife they're living in the projects and the, the husband is a super and the wife is a stay-at-home wife <laughs> as you can already tell they're in the projects it's a lot of foolishness going on and he is part of the foolishness but he can't see himself being part of the foolishness you know what i'm saying how many people we know but you know, i'm gonna leave that alone anyways you get to see even yourself in the midst of that show because sometimes some sometimes the the perspective we have of ourselves it, it's it's really hilarious so the show as to why it was so what it meant to you what it meant to me is like it was iconic to see somebody actually write a story based on real life and put it in claymation version and then get to see these characters flow the main character's name thurgood just by the name alone you know he is full of stuff like he is he's a he fixes stuff with tape you know he goes upstairs and helps the lady with her dog food <laughs> that she eats <laughs> so there's an older lady that lives upstairs and <laughs> she's so prideful on getting help that she'd rather like eat dog food. And so Thurgood walks in one day trying to fix her sink and looks <laughs> looks at her as she's cooking. And he's like, what's that smell? And she's like, I'm cooking my world famous beef. And <laughs> Thurgood looks at the bottle of the little can and it says dog food. And he was like, you, you know, this is dog food, right? She's like, don't you touch my stuff. Don't you touch my stuff. This is, this is, this is world famous. And so she, he goes downstairs and tells his wife, like, yo, upstairs, the old lady, she's eating dog food. And the wife, using wisdom, was like, don't you go up there and try to give her food because she's prideful. She doesn't want your help. Thurgood was like, nah, I ain't going to let her go down like that. I ain't going to let her go down like that. And Thurgood is played by Eddie Murphy. You already know he is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he, you know, he quickly goes downstairs gets he packs everything in his refrigerator he's like i cannot let somebody who could be my mama go without food they cannot eat dog food he knocks on the door and he's like oh i got some food for you and she's like i don't want no food i'm you good to bring it full circle ain't you oh yeah i'm coming back around oh, I, it might be God. it might be more than a little shum shum this is bloody so he knocks and she's like i'm good i got my stuff i ain't asked for your help and He's like, it's not help. It's not donations. I just come to get you stuff. She refuses the stuff, yo. And he leaves it at the door and leaves. As soon as he leaves, she pulls out that stuff in. 
and acts like you know he didn't do nothing for her and she was like i didn't need it anyway and so like every time she sees him she has this like really nasty nature about interacting with him because he's like how dare you try to help me i didn't need your help and how many of us have found ourselves in a season where we really need help but we rather say no to the help than when we receive the help don't even have enough gratitude to say thank you for giving me the thing for helping me because with that we area don't know what to do with help some people legitimately don't know what to do with help mm. if your whole life has been figuring things out hitting your head against the wall giving up prematurely help is actually going to give you with no excuse some people been riding their whole life on excuses mm. go ahead but I highly recommend the show because one thing I love about if I'm going to spend my time entertaining myself on something, I also want to learn a little bit. And I believe you can learn from anything. Mm-hmm. I watch different shows and those different shows at night before I go to sleep. And those different shows really do bring things home for me on where I am and what I can apply to my life. And I think that's how we should look at things that we enjoy. How can this add to something I'm already doing? And so Patrice always laughed at me like, man, you're going to put the PJs and laugh yourself to sleep. I'm like, yes, <laughs> laughter keeps you younger. It's been proven scientifically. Like laughter keeps you from having certain diseases. And it's a funny show. Mm-hmm. It's very relatable because a lot of people in this show are in real life. Mm-hmm. And you even see yourself in some of those mishaps. So highly suggested the PJs, the PJs. All right. So since we're also talking about shows, I got a beef. <laughs> um, I have a whole beef. All right. y'all. So. I feel like, you know, when it comes to, to black shows, and I, I watch more than black shows, but when it comes to, obviously, shows that come out and that we all culturally just, you know, sync ourselves to, like, you know, Bel Air has came out, and y'all, it is an incredible show. It has fantastic writing. It was, I, I'd give it, like, a B plus on the um, what, on the casting um but the writing the writing is there and and so what it brought me to was like man it feels like we only have one good black show like a season like they two good black shows can't coexist and i do know that like there's a brigade of all y'all who watch power and you know it just seems like power never stops there's like four or five different powers and people just dying and still getting shot it anyway you know but it, it just feels like we only get one good thing at a time. And so I am just going to say, hey, if y'all have come across really good, I don't care if they're web series, whatever, really good, wholesome shows, be it black, be it just good writing. Y'all shout out Million Dollar Conversations podcast so we can go ahead and give us a little review because we are script buffs. We are script buffs. All right. So. We're going to head into the first topic and we tend to talk about business first. Okay. And so what I wanted to do today is take us, take a moment to really talk about some practical moments, practical moments. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Practicalities of business. Okay. Let's talk about how you're making your money and how much money you're keeping. Okay. So we know that a lot of people are motivated to get into business to do what? Be millionaires. Make money. Absolutely. So if your goal is to make $50,000, $100,000, six figures, you know, seven figures, eight, whatever it is, you are searching for financial freedom. Now, we do also know financial freedom does not come without some form of knowing how to manage your finances before you get those ideal finances. But we're actually not going to talk about that today. So I always joke with Sweetie and I tell him that I am not the strongest math wizard but I always know how to count money. I got A in accounting, baby. So let's talk about how you are making this money, okay? So there's two two vocabulary words we're gonna go through today. Tweety, I feel like you you are um your 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 stance is very um sitting in the back row at the back of the classroom. Are you <laughs> are you? Uh, I feel like you have something to say. Uh, yeah, I mean that's cool. I really I really do believe I li- I like where you're going into this direction because I believe that. Practic- being practical really helps you get out of your emotions. 
um, one saying I have for us in our household, in our business, is that you got to take the emotion out of things that you could do. And money is not emotional. And money is not emotional. It can make you emotional, but it's not emotional. It's not meant to be. It's a tool. So let's talk real quick about marketing. And then we're going to go into some of these other terms and everything. I'm not going to start with the, the, hot, the hot and heavy stuff first. So everybody has heard the word marketing at this point. If you have a business marketing has to exist for people to know that you have that business. Now, a lot of people like to go about, you know, creating sponsored ads and things like that, targeted ads. But who are you selling to? Are you hitting the you know, so yeah, are you hitting the demographic that you need to hit in order to get the sales that you need? Because a lot of us will start our businesses and we want our family and friends to be the consumers. And when they're not, we feel like we're not getting support. When the reality is, I may just not be your ideal client. I might not be your ideal customer. I might not be the person that that needs to buy from you. It might be somebody else. So something I saw that was really cool um, about a year or so ago is that around the Essence Fest, so this was pre-pandemic, somebody who couldn't afford to go to the essence fest actually targeted their ads um to be in new orleans at the time of the essence fest knowing that everybody was going to be on instagram and social media posting their pictures from being there and so they were like i couldn't afford a vendor booth i couldn't afford to travel down there but i had a product and i made thirty thousand dollars in that weekend and so what that says to me is that person knew the right place in the right time to put their uh to put their marketing to put their 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 smarts and also their demographics. she also knew her demographic and she was willing to make take a risk a lot of times when doors close for us the first time what we tend to do is walk back instead of keep knocking no, a one no or several no's couldn't should not stop you from actually seeing how you can make a way out of no way um, and, and especially as believers, like, you know, how what we believe on Sunday sometimes seems to escape us on Mondays through Friday or Mondays through Saturdays. And I believe it's important to see what she did, but also see the faith in it that it could have been like I just wasted two hundred dollars or in her mind. She was like, I just invested that thirty thousand. She's not seeing the two hundred dollars. She's like, that's nothing. She's like, I'm I'm getting thirty thousand yeah. dollars. Two hundred is nothing, right. even though that might be her last two hundred dollars yeah. to put on an ad. But sometimes our risk taking on several things to even find out how would she know about how to do that if she hasn't tried it before. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Maybe it wasn't successful last time, or maybe it was successful. Nobody wants to take this thing and become scientific with it. Do a hypothesis. What, how do I, what, one, you got to sit down with yourself and say, well, who is my demographic? Mm -hmm. What's their age group? Mm -hmm. What's the sweet spot? What is my mission? Some people don't even have mission statement. Mm -hmm. What is my mission? How do I then approach the people that I want to sell to and say, hey, look, I got something that is different from my competitor. Or I have something that is really uh, appealing to who you are. Mm -hmm. I think that you should come over here and check out what, I see, what I'm doing or just sell the story itself. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes half of the battle is showing up. Mm -hmm. When you show up, whether there's six people doing the same thing or not, they might actually go to all six of y'all. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So there is no uh, when I when I when you tell me when you told me about that story last year, I was like, man, it's not that she's any better than anybody. It's not that she's even any smarter than she anybody. Positioned she positioned herself and took that risk. And so also what that tells me is that's not her first time doing a targeted ad. So sometimes we hear stories like this and we like, man, like that. Oh, that just sounds like so perfect. Da, da, da. Nah, she's probably lost money before. She's probably known what it's like to sit up here and sell to her church members and, and, and her, her neighbors and everything. And they realized that she wasn't making the money she needed to make. And so when you realize it's beyond you, you create your business not for for just the the corner of the Internet that you sit in or the corner of the world that you sit in. You create your business to reach other people. So let's talk about. If you are hitting your profit margins, okay? So if you need to know what profit margins is, this is something we hear about all the time on like shows like Shark Tank and stuff like that. And what it is, is your business's net income, which is your revenue minus expenses. And you're going to divide that net income by your revenue. All right. And then you multiply that times 100 and you get your profit margin. All right. If you have a 10% prop profit margin, that means it's healthy. If you have anything over 20, it's high. Now, 
I say all this to say these are not grades or numbers for people to live by. But what it simply means is this is all it is, is for someone to assess. Am I making any money? Because sometimes people sit up here and say, oh, I made $50,000 in my business this year. Yeah, but you spent 49,000, you know, or you spent, you know, 30,000 on it. How much money did you actually, actually make? So if there is a way to cut down on overhead costs, Tweety and I were just watching um, a, a documentary on a young lady who has who decided to actually move her products from her warehouse to her, a fulfillment center because it actually cut down on her shipment costs. So she pays four hundred dollars to have shelf space on a fulfillment center versus actually having to rent out her warehouse for three thousand dollars. So she she's getting smart. Oh, what do I have to cut down on? But also, what can I invest in so that it makes my my movement smarter? How can I move? smarter when you're first starting off your business is just you and you're doing everything you're doing things that may not even be your strength but eventually there's nothing wrong with actually recruiting that help it's not too early to look at how much does a cpa cost because if crunching numbers is not your thing like if you're one of those people like i just want to know if i made the money or not start looking at these cpas start looking at these accountants who could come and they can help you understand your money and understand how you can move different when you act when we actually sit here and look at how much money we're making or not making it really does help us in strategizing how we sell so do you got anything i think the most important part about all of that is that in order to have that foresight you have to be doing the work now and a lot of us will be so excited to go talk to the CPA, but we didn't do the work to even sit, be able to logically, practically mm-hmm. make enough to sit down well, with yeah, the you CPA. Be making some money to right. Talk to like you CPA. can't have 10 orders and say, I need a CPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't even have 100 and say, I need the CPA. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to m- be making enough revenue mm-hmm. to then know how to move around certain potholes that you may hit in the future taxes that's another thing Mm -hmm. you don't need to do everything you'll burn your candle on both ends so what thing one thing i've realized is that you don't want to go into business and try to be everything you can't be a lawyer you can't be a cpa you can't be an accountant you can't you can't play all these roles but one thing you could do is learn what they need what they do yeah be aware enough to get started right yeah and then somebody else asked us one time, and I don't even know if we talked about this on the podcast. Have we talked about like the copywriting trademarking? No. Okay. So yeah, own your smarts, own your smarts, own your smarts. So while we're out here creating these businesses and doing all of this thing, these things, um, and even down to like your content creation, there is actual um, rights that you have to the words that you copyright in your captions that people like to run away with. And you know, do they own the do I pop pop to, you know, own your smarts. If you have a business, if you have a tagline that you use, if you have something that's sellable that you say, that I would highly encourage you to trademark it. Any written work, be it a content caption, be it this or that, I would highly recommend that you copyright it or that you understand um, your copyright protection, you know, and just truly own your smarts being aware. Now, I'm not telling you, what I'm not saying is for you to go pick a fight off of somebody who's attempting to steal something that you did and they ain't making no money. Like, just let it go. Just let, let it go. go you could actually issue your own cease and desist letter. And, you know, it, it, it is what it is, you know, but at the very same time, sometimes people run off of stuff and they don't make no money off of, off of it. No way, you know, but I, I just highly encourage people to own their smarts. A lot of people have asked like about building an LLC and like all of those things. Like, what do I do? Do I just get a different LLC for every business idea I have? What do I do? Tweety, what you got for them? Well, you can, you can create an LLC and then use it as an umbrella to have different branches of businesses underneath it that all fall under one thing Mm. um i think the most important thing is not to get caught up in the creation of these things without understanding why you're doing these things Mm. so you have two two types of people when they start businesses you have the the ocd ocd type of people who are like i have to get everything in order in order to start which is hey if that's how you work that's how you work but sometimes that even elongates where you're trying to go 
if you know you're selling a product, let's say you're selling uh, a lamp, mm -hmm. for example, and you are so worried about the copyright and the LLC and all these other things that you don't get the product. You never sell the lamp. And you never sell the lamp. What is the ex exact point of doing all those things if you never actually get to what kind of lamp do I want to sell? Oh, 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 oh. And my people, my people, my people. An LLC is the formation of your business. It is not your business title. You do not have to say, you do not have to name and say that you are Josie's Josie's Umbrella Shop LLC. I understand you paid for it. Respect needs to be put on it. But you do not have to do that because an LLC is a formation. It is it is the construct of your business. It is not a part of your business name. All right. So I just wanted to say that not because people are doing necessarily anything wrong, but I don't think enough people are aware um, that you don't have to add the LLC part and all of that. I believe you can have a tool and not know how to use it. And I believe that sometimes we get so hyped up by watching certain videos or listening to certain people on social media that we we say, that's what I need to do in order to make my business go to the next level. Maybe you don't need a copyright. Maybe you don't need a trademark based on what you do. Go and find out what works for you so that when you're getting these things, it's not like just a simple. It's not just like something you're going to see on a logo, but you don't really know why it's there for. Like if you're a product based business, I highly suggest you have a copyright. You trademark everything, you know, um, if you are doing a service based business, you know, or a patent, you know, if you're doing a service based business, you might need both or just one. Or there's just different. There's different protections for you to in it. That's a boundary for you. And we're going to talk about boundaries later on too. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I don't want to ever sound like we're speaking from an educated place because I'm not a lawyer. But one thing I do know is that I know how to expertly fall forward. And anytime you f you find yourself in a place where you think you need something, you got to ask yourself, am I needing it because it's working for somebody else? Or am I needing it because it's what works for my industry? I would definitely say don't neglect starting the business just because you don't have certain things in place. Certain things can be in queue, but start off with the structure that you need. So if it's just making those connections, start off with those connections. If you're in service-based, connections are huge. Connections are your moneymaker. Go and connect. If you are product-based, all right, getting that knowledge is extremely important, but do not just hold yourself up because of what you don't have and don't feel less than because of what you don't have either if you don't have you'll get to have if you don't know you'll get to know if you ask the right questions you'll get the right answer but for heaven to betsy's sake i don't know why i said that i heard it on the mickey mouse clubhouse like 20 years ago um don't stop all right, y'all, let's go ahead and get to our faith conversation. All right, y'all. So today we are going to talk about a few different things having to do with the faith. All right, so we are actually going to talk about how to actually have real humility, but still be confident. Because I don't know about you, but this can be a little confusing when it comes to actually, you know, be walking in, in that assertiveness that you know that God is calling you to, but also being humble. And it doesn't help when people like to say, oh, well, you're not humble or y'all aren't humble because you don't you you don't walk like this so you're not humble because you don't say this and and blah 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 and so I want you pastor sweetie to talk to us about what biblical humility actually is and how you could be confident and humble uh, biblical humility can be found in uh, one particular story in the story of David um, David earlier on learns how to be codependent to God it's not that he doesn't have skills that he's worked on over the years, like throwing, you know, stones. Mm -hmm. He has those skills that every every child around that age group when he's growing up has. But there's something greater when you allow God to empower that gift. Mm -hmm. 
and God to rule that gift. But the humility that he has as he's facing these challenges is knowing where the strength comes from. Mm. That's something that Samson couldn't understand because all he knew is that he was strong, not that God had put the strength in his hair. Mm. So that's why he needed to cover his hair. So you see the juxtaposition of one character, which is Samson. And Samson is walking in this prideful nature of it's my strength. It's my power and I'm walking in it. Mm -hmm. David has the same kind of aura because although he may not be the as big as Samson, but he is, according to the word, relatively good looking. Mm -hmm. He is um, a, a man who's wise beyond his age and he's charming. Mm -hmm. But all these things he realizes where the power comes from. G it comes from God. It comes from it comes from Jesus. It comes from the Holy Spirit. The power does not come from you. So when you're walking in biblical humility, um, it's not this meek, low thing that we've created of like you have to be poor. We associate pure, poor, and humility so that we can feel better about ourselves. Mm, say that again. We we we. Uh, we we put together low self-esteem right when we have a low self-esteem or we have this poverty mindset or this poor mindset we're associating humility with that because it makes us feel better about ourselves mm. and i believe that that's not the construct or the the mindset that god created humility for humility was a reminder of who he is mm. humility was a reminder to always put ourselves in order of we are beneath him and he is above us because he is God. That's why we worship him. Mm. We don't worship things. And some people are worshipers of humility mm. due to their circumstance or due to their situation mm -hmm. because in their eyes, it brings them closer to God and it brings you lower in that statue. Mm. And I, you can see this in the, the black church, I would say, more, that, more, more often than not, or just in church period. To where the the humility comes from, like you can't drive that, you Ooh. can't wear that. That's not what you know. That's a mega church. Mega church don't have the Holy Spirit. Who said? Yeah, isn't church big? Mm -hmm. Isn't heaven gonna be real, 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 real big? Yeah. Doesn't it have all the things that we need? Mm -hmm. So we we give ourselves these small like worlds to where we can fit our normal behavior that God is speaking against because mm -hmm. God said you're the head and not the tail. If every situation you find yourself being the tail, what's that supposed to mean? Uh, you preaching. So the humility. You already talked about the PJs. Yes, I did. Were it, they humble? No. <laughs> Very prideful. It. The most prideful human beings are the ones that don't have. Oh my God. The reason why is because they have a, they have a chance to even think about not having. And those who have sometimes forget they have. Yeah. So their problem becomes, yo, I didn't know I could do all this with this power. Mm -hmm. I've always had. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to convince a rich person to give to the poor, but it is harder to convince a poor person to give to an even poor real person. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you and your bag so oh, walking in humility, walking in that humbleness. I have to give you offering. Amen. <laughs> we don't, it's not going to be cash up. Uh, but God really has been working on me in this area because I thought that having nice things was going to put me in a place where I could become prideful. Working for nice things. Yeah, have, yeah working for nice things would put me in a place where I could be, I would be prideful yeah. when God wants you to have the nice things. He just doesn't want the nice things to take his place. Mm -hmm. And so some people are fearful of the nice things. Therefore, they call it, I'm, I'm humble. That, you know, those people are not going to have this when it comes the new world. When the new world, I'm going to have this. Yeah. And it takes you so far off course into living right, right. that you're thinking about the time you're not you're going to be alive. Mm -hmm. But death would already have came by now if Jesus didn't come. So to make it short. When I think about humility and walk in humility, I think of a character. It's a character defect that we have sometimes of taking this word and associating 
it with poverty. What's fake humility? Fake humility is walking in the posture of being humble, but having prideful tendencies. Ooh. That in your humility, or you're prideful. Or pride about being humble. Right. Having the pride about being humble. Having that, oh, no, 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 don't look at me. But why did you stop looking at me? <laughs> right. And to, to take to take it even further, it's more of a um, a mindset when you, you have actually created some sort of uh, hallucination, I, I would say, <laughs> in your mind that you're better than people because of how low you are. When God says, even when we're fasting, we're not, nobody's supposed to know that you're in fast mode because, or you're fasting because it's between you and God. If I'm giving to the homeless and I got a phone out every time, or you gotta hear about it every time, am I really giving to him or her because of my heart's posture? Or is it based off of how people are gonna see my character? Oh, that's that's a man right there. That's a woman right there of God. We put these titles and we church a lot mm. instead of actually try to find Christ, mm. actually walking in humility. I'm not saying it's a it's a thing that you wake up and you do. I think it's a thing you practice daily mm. because today I could be walking in humility and tomorrow in pride. Yeah. What spirit is living inside of you day to day? And how are you allowing the spirit of God to be inside of you so that you can walk with humility mm. and humility and pride can coincide because what, what, what I'm saying, what I mean by pride is like being proud of who you are, where you're from. There's you, 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 you know, like it never said Jesus of Nazareth was different from Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Culture can exist with church. Mm. And I feel like sometimes we make it the enemy of because of humility. Like, what well, let me just take away the culture part of who I am yeah. so that I can, completely have this mindset right and so in a way that that right there causes division mm -hmm. because if i'm kenyan and i believe in christ and you're american and you believe in christ the common denominator we should be standing on is christ not our culture yeah but if i'm in, if i'm telling you something about my country if i'm involving something that you can learn from me due to my culture you can soak that in and i can soak in whatever the american culture is as well so we get lost in trying to prove who is the most, who who is the lowest mm -hmm. in posture amongst <laughs> us yeah. because he is the one who is humble. Yeah. He is the one who's walking humility and God loves that. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we use that when we do offering. Mm -hmm. God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is always humble. They don't mind thinking about their neighbors. Well, that's good, but if you continue reading the word, God also likes an obedient person. Mm -hmm. Most people who are obedient get the rewards of those who don't. Mm -hmm. God actually multiplies and gives them for the ones who are disobedient. So I, I think we can chalk it up right there when it comes to the faith conversation that if you're walking in humility, you don't got to shout it. Right. You don't got to tell it. <laughs> I do want to add something though There was something in my notes that I wanted to add to And it doesn't have anything to do with the humility conversation Which was amazing The way you broke that down babe But you know I know a lot of people Are getting into business and getting into Just um, just Different era, areas of newness You know just moving into those Places where things are new And when things are new And we feel vulnerable obviously Like we are in our raw state and I want to remind somebody that as you become what you, what you want to become or what you're intending to become or what God has called you to become, it's probably the best way I should say that you are going to have to do a series of overcoming. You're going to have to keep overcoming. And this is not my ad tax. I wanted to put this in a faith conversation because I wanted to remind somebody that there has to be a level of resilience that you keep on building up because people going to keep on testing your texture. Okay. Like people be, it's going to keep happening. And it's not just people. Like I don't want anybody to get into this place of, because if you're an entrepreneur, you're called to people like plainly you're called to people, the service or the, the, the servanthood of goods to people. And so 
if things become rocky for you or if you start to feel like anybody, you know, just you're not getting your respect or don't nobody hear you or people stealing off with your stuff, whatever the deal could possibly be, understand this. God puts us in places and situations. Sometimes things that are meant to offend us are supposed to grow us. They're actually, I would often say they're usually supposed to grow us. And so if you're getting in a place where you're just feeling like, man, I'm on an island, don't nobody fool with me. You know, it's, it's this, that, and the third, you know, folks just, just keep on rubbing me the wrong way and everything. Honestly, it's supposed to draw out a response out of you that's Christ-like because that is the only thing that will help you overcome that because you can't overcome that in your own flesh. You can't overcome that in your own your own intellect and your own survival skills, your own tact, your own wit. You can't do that. You cannot do it. Oh, forgiving is a Christ act. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what Iyanla sat down and told y'all to do. Like, forgiving is not mouth service. It's 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 a spiritual cleanse. It is self work to do. It is a process. So as people say things about you, as people criticize your business model, whatever. First of all. Just keep redeveloping your business anyway. You don't make your business necessarily to suit what people's taste buds are for that day, but keep redeveloping it just so that you can continue to, you know, have the best version of what your idea was. But yeah, I wanted to just remind somebody of that. Keep overcoming as you become. But yeah, let's move into the relationship conversation. So I wanted to talk about this because I thought it would be super interesting. But how you build boundaries in your relationship. All right. We always talk about boundaries with other people. Boundaries in friendships, boundaries with parents and family members, boundaries with coworkers. You know, we always talk about this, this whole sticking up for yourself and, hey, you know, real, telling people where to meet you at and telling people what you don't like. And, you know, pretty much just like asserting a, a, a level of understanding between you and somebody else and understanding that they may also not like that because of their, their privilege to accessibility to you. But I felt like nobody really talks about what boundaries look like in a marriage or in a relationship. So Tweety, what are your thoughts on boundaries period? I believe that boundaries are necessary in order to cultivate a relationship, whether it's between husband and wife or friend to friend, the boundary actually creates the respect that you may need to have for that person because the over when it comes to, other people, the accessibility that they may have on you creates such a familiarity uh, narrative mm. to where they can start thinking your thoughts. Mm. Oh, Tweety would probably say that. Mm. Oh, Patrice would probably say that. Yeah, and then you're in emotional bondage. Right, and then every time you look up, you're offended or you're being uh, you're you're being in turmoil mm. or in conflict with other people. And I believe that in order to have the correct boundaries because you can have incorrect boundaries to where you're just cutting people off as soon as they say go or they see they do something wrong to you. But I believe that a, a boundary is not always cutting people off. A boundary is also to protect um, that person from themselves or even you from you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a boundary could be like, you know, crossing crossing the road, right? We know that mm -hmm. there's a boundary that every child has to cross the road and mm -hmm. we go 20 miles per hour. You remove the 20 miles per hour to where kids are crossing, then people are starting to go 60 miles per hour. It's there for a reason. So let's talk. I would argue, and you let me know how you feel, that it is in our innate human nature to test boundaries. Like innately. Yeah, Adam and Eve. Like without, I, I even would challenge or say it even is like it has nothing to do with our character it's almost like our our nature yeah um there's a reason why we have countries boundaries mm -hmm. you are from this tribe or you're from this place and you look like me mm -hmm. this is the boundary we don't speak to them folks mm -hmm. this is how big our country is we don't want war we stay over here those boundaries are created to supposedly give us peace. Yeah. But sometimes we create boundaries to keep people out 
And in other situations, God also gives us boundaries to protect us from us. That's why he gave us the Garden of Eden is to protect us from us. But in the Garden of Eden, we want to test the boundary, knowing the knowledge of good and evil. You know what I'm saying? So testing that boundary of like, man, I want to know what God knows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We always test the boundaries in spirituality. I want to know. I want to know what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. Let me go sit down with this person. They're going to read my cars. They're going to they, they gonna jump on TikTok real quick and tell me everything I need to know about my, my future husband, right. my future wife. Right. So I, I think boundaries are important and they're necessary because it keeps things in line and in order. Um, but when it comes to relationship as a husband and wife, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I have any boundaries with you. I don't either. But that, well, well, there are some. There are some. We we have some small boundaries. Um, you apparently don't like me in the restroom whenever you're using it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like when it what I mean by so those are some little things. When I'm thinking, it it is a boundary. But I I think I think our audience would probably want to hear when when they hear boundary. When I hear the word boundary, like I'm hearing like um this I just don't do this. You know, like I hear something bigger than that, and I'm pretty sure everybody has their own. Okay, let, go let ahead. Me, let me have that. Let, okay. Pass it to me, a rap. Okay, so I think we need to start thinking affirmatively about boundaries because it's not about what you don't do or can't do; it's about what you can. And so there are boundaries in our marriage. There's when there's a need for a long time for either of us individually. It's a boundary. It's not a Tweety, you can't come with me to the nail shop. It's Tweety, I'm going to the nail shop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If there's something, uh, if we've, you know, when we've argued or when we've had disagreements or whatever, it's like, I'm one of those people processing time. is very important to me, you know? And so before I actually get, you know, to the meat of it, I don't want to say anything, you know, or do anything like that, that I regret. Hey, it, a heads up is like yo give me a minute to think that's a boundary you know what i'm saying that is a like and and because of that because of me saying that you don't pressure me to say anything that's a boundary okay i, I think then i think then we have to define what boundary is because somebody could say that's just an agreement a boundary is an agreement oh, okay so in, in that case of course there's several then and mm-hmm. I, I just i, I misheard you mm-hmm. Um, in that case, then there's several boundaries that you have in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday is football night. You know what that time. You know what that time is. Yeah. You know for me. So maybe the agreement is, hey, I'm gonna put the baby down. I'm watching my TV. You do whatever you do over there. This is my time. Mm-hmm. Or my favorite show is coming on on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I always I already know what Patrice finna be doing. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to ask her what what you know what's going on. And I feel like they're healthy too. And I feel like having healthy boundaries is important in order to have a functional marriage because the individuality within some of those boundaries creates a longing for one another. You know, like, I'm pretty sure there's days you're like, I want to miss you a little bit. And there's days I'm like, I want to miss you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we've already created certain things within our the construct of our marriage to where it's easy for us to not feel offended if one person says I'll be out for three, four hours, I might be out for seven. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tuesday is your turn. Mm-hmm. You you do what you go go wherever, yeah. do whatever. Yeah. Because I, one thing I love about certain times where I look at you and I'm like, man, it looks like you're a little tired, or it looks like you just need this break. Like I love when you just do go, like and not have to feel bad about it mm-hmm. because. I believe it's healthy for you to have a mental break mm-hmm. from certain things from life. And, and that's something I'm working on more for myself is like accepting it first, because if I, it doesn't happen in my mind, it won't happen in action. Mm-hmm. But in your mind saying like, I need this, not I want this. I need this yeah. couple of hours yeah. in order to come back and be a better husband, in order to come back and be a better wife. So let's talk about accountability. Let's talk about that. That of lately has been um, for something about you saying that reminded me 
of accountability. But I really wanted to talk about how sometimes it's often taken out of context completely. You know, I believe that there's no greater accountability. Well, there probably, well, no, I feel like one of the strongest measures of accountability is between husband and wife. Like, I truly believe the knowing my day-to-day ins and outs, weaknesses and strengths, knowing all of those things, um, it can really, really... (laughs) You're, you're funny. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. You know. You. I feel like you have a responsibility in it. Is what I'm trying to say. You know, like you. You have a part to play in it, even if you're not physically in it. So knowing that I'm on this health journey, hey Patrice, did you get up and do this? Now, what I've realized in a lot of different relationships is an abuse of accountability. Have you ever gone through that? Um abuse of accountability yes i think not in our relationship but i think in a relationship with myself um i believe that you can get to a point where you lying to yourself about the things that you should or should have should have been doing and it gets to a point where you actually start to create a narrative that makes you a hero you know let let me let me let me let me talk about that it's like, yo, you knew you had these 10 things to do today. You did two of them. But you're going to stand on that too for the fact that at least I did two. I'm going to hold myself accountable. You know, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable to complete the eight. Then what was supposed to take you two days take you two weeks? Did you do exactly what you were holding yourself accountable to? Okay, so I'm going to stir the pot on that a little bit because here's my thing. I feel like if it takes you two weeks to complete 10 things that you assigned yourself two weeks ago, while the time hasn't been, isn't faring in your, your favor, you still completed it. Yeah. But if I had told myself that it was supposed, what am I doing in between those two weeks? Were you accountable to the things or the timing of the things? Mm, That's good. So it's what you're accountable to. So I see what you're saying as far as like, an abuse of internal accountability, but I'm talking about relationships that there is an abuse of accountability. So if you, because there's like a, a codependency instead of accountability, you know what I'm saying? There's like a, Hey, I know that you, um, that you like to jazzercise on Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to start jazzercising when you go, please call me. Because that's the only way I'm going to go. And then it's kind of like, dang, like, I'm trying to get me there. (laughs) Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't really tolerate those conversations far too long. (laughs) Like, they don't go past that for me. Because I've, I hold myself to a new standard of like, if I can't do it, how am I going to teach you? And if I can't go for myself... I can't like, you know, like there's several things like I like basketball. I already know Patrice don't. It, that's not her thing. So like if I want to do basketball, if I want to go on Tuesday at 8 a.m. or 6 a.m., it's on me to go. I'm not going to put that burden on you. Um, but I have seen situations to where it's an attachment to the person's progress. Ooh. It's the attachment to the person moving. It's the attachment of you seeing with your eyes what they're supposed to be doing or what they said they would do in an actual format. And then you're entitling yourself to the ride. So it's we get this a lot in business because you say you don't entertain it. We don't entertain it, but it don't stop it from happening. So people be like, hey. You know, if y'all going to like a business me, y'all going to a networking event or whatever, y'all doing that, like invite me. I want to go. Hey, nothing wrong with that. An invite, it don't cost nothing. But the thing is, why aren't you looking for those? Why aren't you looking for those events? Why aren't you putting yourself in that? Tweety had this conversation, (laughs) had a conversation with um, someone that he really respected about buying property. And Tweety set up here and was like, yo, if you come across... Because Sweetie got his mouth handed back to him, and this is how it should be. This is how somebody shows you real accountability. This is what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to make a point. Tweety was like, you know, hey, if you come across a, you know some land or whatever, let me know. And they're like, nah, why would I let you know? I'm gonna go get it. 
<laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It was all in banter. Yeah. Like we, I had fun with it because I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because it's for you. It's for yeah. your family. Like, yeah. go get it. Yeah. And that, the accountability in that is like what you see, you kill. Come on, come on, and you eat what you, <laughs> you, kill. Eat what you kill. So like, it's all fair in that. There's no harm in that. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to help people. You're but helping. what you no, have, he's you helping help people by helping yourself. No, you're helping me by some things are something you got some things you got to catch. And in that moment, I caught something. Yeah. In that moment, what I caught was that. I want you to have it so bad, I'm gonna take it from you. Mm. Mm. I want you to have more. I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna show you how I kill, mm -hmm. so you can go kill, mm -hmm. rather than me give it for you for free. Yeah. Go get your hands dirty. Right. Go get some cuts, get some creases in your hands. Get, you know, get your feet dirty, mm -hmm. and really push for the things that you, uh, th that that you see God putting in in, in your in your um in your mind in your vision. And so uh, th that's a really funny conversation there. But I really believe that discouragement is needed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and hear me by the spirit. Mm -hmm. What I mean by discouragement, I'm not saying walk around and cuss people out and get mad and tell them they ain't nothing. What I mean by that is that some of our ideas, and I know I, I, went, I went somewhere with this, but some of our ideas and the things that we're doing don't need hand claps for. Mm -hmm. They need total self-analysis mm -hmm. to say, all right, let's discourage that because that's behavior for unsuccessful people. Mm -hmm. Let's encourage that over there. That's behavior for successful people. Mm -hmm. And let's work on that. Let's, let's grow that. Mm -hmm. But we hear so many, so many people are getting, um, uh, what do they call them in school? Like back in the days when everybody won a race and they got like ribbons. Yeah, participation trophies. Mm -hmm. Everybody is getting a participation trophy for saying the word, I am an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I am a business owner. I am a this, I am a that. But there's only a select few who are operating in what they're calling themselves. And nine times out of 10, they don't even really be calling themselves those things. They just do. And I believe we're in a generation of the you're seeing doers and you're seeing sayers. Mm -hmm. And every time you say something, you got to be able to do it or don't. Mm -hmm. mm. So that was definitely um, an extended uh, business conversation. But I believe that boundaries and accountability had everything to do with that. All right, y'all. So we are going to go ahead and wrap it up right here and take you to attacks. All right, y'all. So what we've been doing this whole time is, you know, we've been just just, you know, adding up your total and everything and you looked at your subtotal and you said oh i got that that's nothing but yeah we about to go th go ahead and throw this tax on you and let you know that hey it's a little bit more than what you came here for so what this is is us discussing you know some of our our um wisdom we came up on this past week maybe it's just something that we're meditating on maybe it's something that we just you know discovered maybe it is just truly free game it's any of that and it is our ad tax. So, Tweety, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I just want to... <clears throat> I want to... I want to say that... In all of your doing, get an understanding. Mm. Don't be in a state of moving to the point where you burn yourself, when you burn that candle on both ends. You know, sometimes our mouth moves faster than our actions. Mm -hmm. And therefore we get caught up because we have spoke things into the atmosphere that may be premature to where God is aligning us to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. And we need to put those things inside and plan for them as if it will happen. But when we put it out there, sometimes we choke out that seed. We don't water it enough because it's already out there. It needs the watering. Mm -hmm. So it's important to take things in bite-sized chunks. Yeah. It's important to do things one step at a time. And my new MO, which now I see in more businesses than not, is I take emotions out of your business. Yeah. It's You're losing money. You're losing your future orders. You're losing your current customers yeah. by putting emotion. Mm -hmm. If you had a bad day, keep that to yourself. It don't need to be in your business. Or 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 let it give it the right outlet. 
not and that right outlet is an in business is what you're saying right like if you know like the professionalism that you exhibit is how how serious the customer is going to take you and i encourage you in this season to really just hone in on taking it one step at a time but truly taking those two things i take out the emotion and don't say something that you ain't gonna do just just focus on that just do it just do it no coming soon (laughs) all right so um my ad text is this um and this came up on me today a lot of us walk around here and we focus on all of the things we know we just sit here and look at the coins we have in our bank of knowledge that we just know i'm going to encourage you and challenge you to instead of focusing on things you know all day long focus on things you don't know familiarize yourself with unknown things that way they're less intimidating they're less of a threat and you're welcoming new information there's not nothing new going to come to something that's already been old and rehearsed welcome that new thing all right y'all we love y'all take care of yourself out here make sure that you are you know cashing checks and and getting respect and all of those good things and liking hustle blends on all of your social media uh, media platforms y'all take care of yourself keep hustling keep doing the right thing keep living keep smiling keep giving off the good stuff you give and we'll talk to you next week bye guys